It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. And you can even call in and leave a voicemail for this show, 405-362-7128. Your number to call, 405-362-7128. On today's show, let's dive into Mo Cheeks. Joining Billy Donovan's staff in Chicago, we'll talk about John Hollinger's prediction for Delino Gallinari's payday and free agency, and also we'll continue the Oklahoma City Big Board for the upcoming NBA draft. And at the end, we'll dive into some of the leaked uniforms around the NBA. We start, though, with Maurice Cheeks. He's been hired by the Bulls to join Billy Donovan's staff. He was on Billy Donovan's staff his entire tenure in Oklahoma City. And he makes the leap there to Chicago now where he's from. He was born and raised in Chicago, so that makes sense for him. I cannot wait from a basketball fan's perspective. I cannot wait to see how him and Donovan develop all of these young players, specifically Kobe White. I think that Cheeks can have a very big impact on White and have a very big impact on his development as a point guard. Uh, now, what does this mean for the Thunder? That's what everyone cares about, right? To me, it means absolutely nothing. I think anyone who tries to act as though this means something is either number one, lying to you, or number two, fishing for content. Uh, that's just what it is. Uh, this doesn't mean anything. Mo Cheeks was not a coaching candidate. If he was, he would have been hired by now because uh, I get it. The team saves money the longer they hold out and name their hire, uh, but he would have either A, been told he's the hire and they're going to do that and save money and he'd stay on the staff, or B, they would have just hired him because he's not going to make any money as a head coach anyway. Uh, he's 64 years old. That's the bottom line. Westbrook can love him. These players on the core, you know, the, the Shays and the bases and the Dorts, even the young guys, I'm sure they love him. He's 64 years old. That's not the mold of a head coach Sam Presti goes after. Sam Presti goes after these young up-and-coming coaches and wants to give them their first shot as a head coach and see what they can do. That's not Mo Cheeks. I don't think he was ever a legitimate candidate for, for the coaching job. I do think that the Thunder wanted to keep him as their lead assistant, but from Mo Cheeks' perspective, look, I don't know who the head coach is going to be. 
So how do I know that that head coach will promise me a spot on his staff, much less his top assistant, the way Billy Donovan will in Chicago? You take that security, you take going back home to Chicago, and you live a great life with the Bulls and with someone you're very familiar with and Billy Donovan. You don't know you know, if you'll get along with this next head coach, even if he does keep you around, even if he does want you as the lead assistant, you don't know if you'll get along with him. You're working with somebody new. It's no different than if you have a new coworker. Sure, you have a new coworker. Does that mean you're gonna be best friends for life? I don't I don't know that. I mean it probably doesn't. It might, but it probably doesn't. So you go with what's familiar to you. You go with the most security for yourself. And you know that for as long as you want to coach, Billy Donovan, for as long as he's in Chicago, will have you on his staff. And that's the bottom line. Mo Cheeks will forever be an assistant coach from here on out. And Billy Donovan provides him that security and provides him, I think, with a head coach who will value his input. I don't think Billy Donovan just runs over his assistants and doesn't listen to them and just makes them go make coffee and and break down film. I think that he truly takes takes into consideration what they have to say. And that's a great head coach to work for if you're an assistant coach. So to me, this means nothing for the Thunder. And it doesn't even say anything about the timeline of hiring their next coach because the timeline doesn't change either. Look, we knew that we knew the Thunder had to make a hire soon. The draft is in two weeks. It's two weeks away. Of course they're going to make a hire soon. That's not breaking news. That's not any new information. That's not me having any sources. The bottom line is the draft is on the 18th. The season might or might not start on the 22nd. Training camp might or might not start on the 1st of December. They're going to hire their head coach soon. They're playing the waiting game because they're the only one left. There is no rush anymore. They probably even know who they're going to hire. That's it. They're saving money on this end. They're going to hire their coach soon. And the Mo Cheeks leaving to Chicago is is in no way an indictment on the coaching search. It's in no way an impact for the coaching search. It means absolutely nothing. The only thing it means is congratulations, Mo Cheeks. You were fantastic in Oklahoma City. And let's not undersell that part of it. He was a great assistant coach in Oklahoma City. He was a great mentor for Russell Westbrook. And that's why I specifically uh, sought out to look up you know, Kobe White and what he can help Kobe White with. I think he'll be great there. He was a fantastic coach. He had a big impact on developing a lot of these guys. I love Mo Cheeks as an assistant coach, but he was never involved in the head coaching search, in my opinion. He just wasn't. He might have gotten an interview, I'm sure, because he's an assistant coach on your staff. But a 64-year-old is not someone Sam Presti goes after. But congratulations to him, and I'm glad he gets to go back home to Chicago. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be great for him. And I mean, again, we talked about it whenever Billy Donovan went there. There is only a few people who can say that they've played for the Bulls, coached for the Bulls, uh, whatever it is. That is still a pristine organization in basketball. Has it gone their way since Derrick Rose and everything? But that's still a pristine organization. And that's one that you can be proud to be a part of. Not that the Thunder aren't, but that's still a cool moment to, to be on that staff, to be in that organization. So credit to him all the way around. He'll have his fingerprints, I think, all over that young roster. And I love the coaching staff that Donovan is building in Chicago. And I think that the, the hire just becomes even more and more clear why they did it. Because Donovan's going to reset that culture there. And he's going to be really good for Chicago. And, I, and I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Cheeks. I'm happy for the Bulls organization. It's going to be fun to watch him. Again, we can have the conversation, 
like we talked about whenever he first got hired, is he going to be the coach to get the Bulls over the hump? No. But he's going to be the coach to lay the foundation of winning and to get you to the point of your perennial playoff contender, your perennial playoff team, and now you need to supplement him in, in four or five or six years for a guy that can get you to the NBA Finals and for a guy that can win championships. But until then, he's going to be a heck of a coach for the Bulls. And adding Mo Cheeks is a no-brainer. It's, it's good for both of them. Donovan and Cheeks. Donovan gets someone who he's, he's very familiar with, who understands his ideas and what he's trying to implement in Chicago, and someone who is respected by NBA players still. You'll, you'll have this hire all the way around. But it in no way changes anything that the Thunder are doing or impacts it whatsoever. I did want to dive into John Hollinger because John Hollinger for The Athletic made this amazing formula that he does every year, I believe. But this year is a different formula for the new circumstances and things like that. And he basically broke down who, what each player and assigned each free agent a salary cap value, a contract value, things like that. And... He's only done all the point guards so far, but he did give you the top five, which includes Gallinari, uh, and then he'll break down everyone else day by day. Today was point guard day, tomorrow shooting guard day, and so on and so forth over at The Athletic. You can also catch John Hollinger on Hollinger and Duncan on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, But I'm going to dive into that because Gallinari sits right now fourth behind three great names, and we'll talk about what this number means, how close I think it'll be, and what it means for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Go. Built Go helps you break through your wall. Whether that is a mental or physical wall, break through with Go every day. It's an easy-to-take, one-and-a-half-ounce packet. It will put in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. It'll fit in your golf bag to power through the back nine, and even fits in your pocket just to get you through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster energy drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors. Peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is a fast-absorbing protein that gets into your system, plus it's easy on your stomach. Built Go is loaded with all the good stuff to ignite your work. Built Go is the kick that keeps you going strong. Collagen protein is good for joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Built Go is phenomenal to help you get through the day and break through your wall. Visit BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Promo code LOCKED, 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I. 
LAS. I want to dive into John Hollinger having this formula to, that attaches a contract value to each free agent this year. So far, we know the top five names. You have Gallo fourth behind AD, BI, Fred Van Vliet, and just ahead of Davis Bertans. Uh, AD is going to have $43.4 million attached to him. BI, $24.4 million. That's, of course, Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram. Fred Van Vliet, $21.9 million. For Gallo, it's set at $19.1 million. Now, look, no team that wants to contend and compete has cap space. All the cap space teams are losers. I mean, the Hawks want to try to make a run. They have some cap space. But other than that, where is he going to go if he truly wants to win, which is what he said himself earlier this offseason. So you're looking more and more likely at a sign-and-trade option. And that continues to look like his best option. And for Oklahoma City, you can get a ton out of that because you're comfortable, in my opinion, taking on long-term money. You're comfortable with that. You're not looking to get into the 2021 free agency. And really in this market, you're not looking to get into any free agency in Oklahoma City. So you can sign and trade Gallinari and you take on long-term money and you feel good about it. And long-term money, taking that on, it helps you get better assets right now. And that's why I look at the, this trade season for Oklahoma City. You can trade Chris Paul. You can trade Gallinari, sign and trade. You can trade Dennis and Steven Adams if you want to. Not sure about Adams, as I've said before, but you can for sure trade Dennis Schroeder. You, you look at this, and the Thunder have flexibility in the future that they can take on these long-term deals, which help you net back better assets, so you love to see that. But Gallo set at $19.1 million. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Gallinari's free agency. I think that's one of the most interesting things of this offseason because you could see Gallinari sign and trade. You could see Gallinari cash in on one of these bad teams for the last big contract of his career. Or what if Gallinari just decides, look, I want to go to a contending team for pennies on the dollar. And I think that that would be the most outlandish move uh, and the kind of the more out there move that probably won't happen, but it's still a slight possibility. So I cannot wait to see how this all unfolds. Unsure, really, when this offseason will start because Woj put out uh, you know, a, a news dump today at about 4.30 on Monday saying, look, the two sides are very, very far apart. You know, the NBA, PA, and the NBA as a league, they're far apart. And as I said yesterday, before this news came out on Monday's show at 4 a.m., they're running out of time. If a deal does not happen by Friday, you can kiss the Christmas Day start goodbye. You got to get it done Friday. And I think that in general, no matter when the season starts, it'll get done on Friday. Uh, but this has to be the final stand. This has to be the final week. And, and I'm not really sure how this will pan out. I could see it now going either way. And to, to kind of put that into perspective for you, I mean, this has been a wild ride for the next season. And as we look at the season start-o-meter, like how are you feeling in certain months? Back in May, when I took over this podcast, uh, that was over 115 episodes ago, I was all in on the December start date. All in. I thought it was going to happen because I thought that the NBA would not want to give up Christmas Day, the only day on the calendar in which they own. In August, I was thinking, you know what? From what all we've heard of the bubble, January is the absolute earliest start possible. Mid-October, you start hearing those rumblings again. Maybe Christmas is back. Maybe Christmas is back. Maybe Christmas. Late October, as recently as, as Thursday night, I was all in again on Christmas. I was thinking, you know what? Money talks. This is going to happen. It's going to get done. They're playing on Christmas. Let's go. And then today, I sit 
on the fence. I think this could go either way. Because as much money that's at stake for this league, it's still a player's league. And look, the the league is in a unique position because they split the revenue, or lack thereof, right down the middle. So the players can hold out for basketball purposes and body recovery and family time and and off-the-court things. They can hold out till January for sure. That could be the best thing for them, you know, personally, but for your bank account, the best thing for them is still to play in December. So I think that players have an interesting decision to make, and it seems like they're firm on saying, hey, look, we'll we'll lose the revenue that we share. We'll lose it because we want to play in January. And the player staying firm on that it has, has me on the fence now of if we're going to start in December or if we're going to start in January. I do think that we have that resolution. I think we have that on Friday. At, at some point, this has to end. One way or the other, someone has to win. And I think that the drop dead date officially now will be Friday. We've seen these quote unquote deadlines before and they always get extended. But I think you're running out of extensions. I think that this league is running out of extensions to give out. And it's going to happen on Friday. Either we're playing on December, we're playing on Martin Luther King Day, or what all happens, it'll be done on Friday. So. I want to dive in now to the Oklahoma City big board. We talked about this some yesterday, and we're going to spend more time today talking about big men in this draft class. Yesterday, we got through my top four. We got through Big O, Isaiah Stewart, Precious, Zeke. I want to go now to number five through ten. And so we're going to what we're going to do here is for every position, bigs, uh, small forwards, shooting guards, point guards, every position, we're going to give you a top ten list of ten names that I want the Thunder to draft. And the only name that's outlandish to me on the center list is Big O. I think that there's a slim to no chance of Big O happening. Although, here comes my however. However, the New York Knicks said today that there's a trade lined up for Chris Paul that would make Sam Presti very, very happy. Now, what would make Sam Presti very happy? Because we can all agree it is highly unlikely you're giving up R.J. Barrett. So that leaves the only asset to make you very happy, to make you ecstatic, would be Mitchell Robinson or the eighth overall pick for Chris Paul. You get the eighth overall pick, suddenly Big O is back in play. But he's so good, and I think he's gaining traction at the right time. He might not even be there at eight. But he's the only name on this list I think is a little bit out there. Isaiah Stewart could fall, Precious could fall, Zeke could fall, uh, and you can also trade into the range that they're being picked in, but still, they could fall to the to the late teens, early 20s. Because although the Thunder own the 25th overall pick, we're still not sure what they're going to do with that draft pick and if they're going to trade up and things like that. So we move now to number five, and number five is an interesting name because I've seen some people love this guy, not, not fall in love with this guy, think he's a first rounder, think he's a second rounder, but he's my number five big man, and that is... Killian Tilly, the Gonzaga big man, he looks very talented to me. Uh, I mean, perimeter shooting, he's a lights-out three-point shooter in that center position, which spaces the floor and, and is really good for your game. Because, look, you put you put Killian next to Darius Baisley and have Shea run the point guard, that's an open offense. It's a free-flowing offense where you look at what Baisley did in the bubble and how he shot the ball. Now you add in Tilly to this offense, how he's going to shoot the ball at the NBA level. He's awesome from deep. He's just awesome. They literally, at Gonzaga, would run plays designed for their center, their big man, to shoot the ball, to spot up three-point shoot. He's just that good. He's a fantastic playmaker. 
And again, you're not sure about the fit with Shea at the point guard position? Guess what? Darius Baisley coming out of college, his best asset, playmaking. What did Darius Baisley do elite in high school? Playmaking. What does Tilly do that's very good and above average? Playmaking. You're putting playmakers next to Shea. What can Shea do? He can play off ball. So while he'll bring the ball up the court and he'll and he'll enact most of your offense, there are certain points where you can dish it off to Tilly, uh, Tilly or Baisley and have Shea roam off ball, cut off ball, you know, wrap around a screen off ball and be wide open and they'll find him because they're good playmakers. Uh, I think that he is also a very good defender in the man-to-man, which is what, what I view as a big straight strength in college because it shows trust from your college coach. Most teams will run zone in college, uh, so... It kind of shows what's what's around you as a defender. But he was really good in the man-on-man. He didn't get blown by at all. Um, obviously, I don't view him as someone who is going to be an elite defender at the NBA level, but someone who will not get abused whenever you're switched on to a guard. They're not going to be hunting out this matchup. He's going to be good enough to get by at worst. At best, he'll be an above-average defender for the center position. And you love to see that. He also has a high basketball IQ, in my opinion, um, because of the fact that when you watch him on film, he just knows where to go on both ends of the floor, but specifically defense, he knows exactly where to go, exactly what to do in the right moments, and to have that kind of knowledge and awareness as a 22-year-old in college, I get it, he's an older college player, but that's still really impressive to me. That's really the big knock on him, though, right, is that he's 22 years old. How much more room is there to grow? And as we said yesterday, I don't really view that as a big deal I think that still 22 years old, there's a lot for you to learn, a lot for you to grow up as as an NBA player, and he still has a big ceiling to me. As as all these seniors in college do, look, when did that become so taboo to draft seniors in college? We look at these guys now as if they're Perry Ellis or as if they're ancient, you know, whenever they're just 22 years old and they're not 18 like the up-and-coming freshman sensation was that you draft on like 30 games of sample size. So I really like Tilly. I think that he's a good option for the Thunder at uh, number five on the Thunder big board center position list. Coming up, we're going to talk about Paul Reed again. We're going to talk about Vernon Carey. We're also going to talk about Udoka as a bookie. That's all coming up after the break. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Number six, we have Paul Reed, who I spent a ton of time yesterday talking about Paul Reed. Go back and check out yesterday's episode where we started this big man big board. Number seven, we have Xavier Tillman, the big man from Michigan State, who I think is getting overlooked again as being an old college player, but he is still just 21 years old. I think that he is more of a role player type and a second round pick for the Thunder. His ceiling to me is a very, very good role player. Maybe if he hits his absolute ceiling, a nice little starter for you. But he has a great playmaking asset for his game. He can post up and score on the interior very well. And he plays some solid defense. But as a flyer second-round pick, I like to have him. I do think with a tanking team, you usually take those second-round picks on more of the long shot. Young guys, but still, Tillman will be a very good asset for the Thunder. Vernon Carey Jr. kind of falls on the same thing. 
19 years old, he's a freshman, didn't show too much at Duke, was once considered a for-sure first-round pick before, you know, really at this time a year ago before the season started, he was a for-sure number one overall pick. Uh, but really the only thing he showed he can do in college is be an elite interior scorer and how much of that is, is, a, is a great asset in the modern NBA. Are you really looking for that go-to down-low score? I don't think so. So I don't think that Vernon Carey Jr. will get first-round attention, but I do think that he'd be a nice little uh, second-round pick. As we mentioned, in the second round for a taking team, you want to go younger. You go from a 22-year-old in uh, Xavier Tillman, 21-year-old, to a 19-year-old in Vernon Carey Jr. Number nine is someone who a lot of people, including Kevin O'Connor, are very high on, and Kevin O'Connor even links him to the Thunder in the first round and has him 12th on his big board, and that is Alexevic Pukovicki. Totally botched that. I think I have the Pukovicki right, but I'm not even sure about that one. I just don't see it with him. He's a seven-footer with a 6'3 wingspan, 18 years old, 200 pounds. 200 pounds on a seven-footer is nothing. He will get bullied at the NBA level. I don't really see the point in him being seven feet because he can't protect the rim. He cannot finish through contact. He, he can't do anything out there as a seven-footer. And it's not like he is this absolute unicorn offensively. He's a good, he's a good perimeter shooter. He's a good playmaker and, and a good ball handler for being seven feet tall, but he's still a, a massive project, I think. And I think that with a seven-footer in general, you look at injury problems. With a seven-footer who needs to add on weight and weight fast to be effective in the NBA, that hurts you a ton. Uh, I, I think that he lacks defense, which, again, for a seven-footer, not very good. Uh, I just don't see it with him. I would be very discouraged by this pick. I will say on the front end, though, any pick made this year will not surprise me or make me upset or uh, I will call a bad pick because this draft is more so than any other draft of crapshoot. And for the Thunder specifically, you don't need to nail this pick. No matter where you, where, where you pick at, this is not the draft that you have to nail. If you whiff in this draft class, oh well. Now, if you whiff next year or the year after, then we have problems because those drafts are the ones that are really going to shape the future of your franchise. But Someone who's drafted, who's who's mocked in the first round of the Thunder, I have all the way down number nine on my big man big board to give you the idea of just how low I am on him coming into this draft. I will say he might have the highest ceiling, though, because he's 18 years old, and you can see some flashes of a great value Kristaps Porzingis in him. And that's the best I can say for him. You can see flashes of a great value Kristaps Porzingis. And that's a lofty ceiling to have. If you've either got to be a, a great value Christos Porzingis or you're going to end up being a marginal role player as, as, seven, as a 7-footer, that's just not someone that inspires me a ton. But again, this draft class I don't think really matters uh, in, in terms of this is not going to decide your future. Now, if he does turn into Porzingis, it, it will help your future for sure, but missing on him would not be the reason this rebuild's a failure. It would be the next two draft classes if you miss on those picks. Now, number 10 on the big board list, for the center position, I have Udoka as a bookie. Personally, I don't see Udoka as a, an NBA center. I just don't. He's impressing people at the combine, but we knew his measurables were going to be impressive. If you even looked at him as a player and as an athlete and as a person, you knew he was going to blow with the combine. The dude's seven foot with a seven seven wingspan at twenty years old. He's two hundred and seventy pounds. Of course. He is going to light up a combine held virtually without actual NBA guidelines and an NBA personnel with you to make sure everything's going status quo. 
He's an awesome finisher at the rim. He has an amazing vertical for being seven feet. He dominated down low at Kansas. But he can't make free throws. He can't space the floor. He isn't that good switching defensively, and he actually can't do it at all. I watched every single game he played in college as a Kansas fan. He's not an NBA player. He's just not. And I, I, that guy, he tries so hard. It's a player that you want to get behind, especially in a place like this, especially in a, in a city like Oklahoma City, in a state like Oklahoma. It's a player everyone would get behind. It's a player everybody would embrace because he tries his butt off every single time. He fights his guts out every night. He gives it his all. But he's just not talented at the NBA level for the modern big man. He doesn't have the stamina. He's a good rebounder in spurts. Good, good, uh, again, shot blocker. Good, good score on the interior. But I don't think he has the motor to play at the NBA level. He would be, to me, a nice gimmicky player. What I mean by that is, like, you watch the NFL, Taysom Hill comes to mind as someone who's a gimmicky player. You put him in there in certain packages, he throws off a defense, and all of a sudden you've got a big play. He would be someone that you put in the game for five to ten minutes, you don't have a bookie. He would be someone you put in the game five to ten minutes, and all of a sudden he's bullying you down low, and it, and it causes you to have a chess match and put in Bobon or something, and then he's back off the floor, and you kind of exploited them for you know a, a five-minute stretch. He, he is what I think Bobon is, is a gimmicky player. His ceiling to me is being what Bobon is, is a contributor in small spurts that will kind of throw the other team off their game. He's nothing more, nothing less, in my opinion. But the conditioning is a huge negative to me. His inability to shoot free throws is a huge negative to me. He won't even remotely space the floor. He won't shoot mid-range shots. I can count on one hand the amount of times that he did not dunk or lay up the basketball at Kansas. That's just not going to work at the NBA level. If he had an edge to him, if he had that that Kendrick Perkins enforcer edge, that's another player you can have at the end of your bench. And a second-round flyer on a 20-year-old with that kind of size and measurables and athleticism, I'm sure he'll be taken in the second round. But he's just not an NBA player to me. But he is good enough to crack the top 10 of big boards for the Oklahoma City Thunder for the center position just because he's going to be picked you know, in the second round. He's a nice little flyer. And he does have some upside just if you can get him in, in shape and you can get him to improve his stamina. But I just don't see it with Yudoka in general. But he is number 10 on the Thunder big board. There's obviously great centers not on the top 10, but it's just because I, I don't think that James Wiseman is reasonable for the Thunder. I don't think Jalen Smith is an option for the Thunder. Uh, and, I, and I struggled to put big O on that board for the Thunder. Obi Toppin, I think, is going to go to the Cavs. I think that they love Obi Toppin. And there's no shot he even comes close to 25. And that's the that's the spot we have to operate under the Thunder Um you know, selecting at, I only throw a big O on there because of that Knicks report and because of the, the way that you can finagle your way to number eight. Maybe you can get you a big O from USC. So that's the Thunder specific centers big board tomorrow. We'll move on to, uh, you know, another position, either shooting guard or small forward or point guard, something else tomorrow. We'll continue this through until we have every position done. So it'd be very fun to continue to break all of this down. On tomorrow's show, we're also going to get to uniforms because we didn't get to that today. Some leaked uniforms and what I think the Thunder uniform could look like moving forward for this season with the new Nike City Edition 
uniforms. And then any breaking news that happens, we're of course going to cover it on Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Happy Election Day. Make sure you go vote. Let me know on Twitter if you listen to this show while you were voting at Rylan underscore Styles on Twitter. Be good and be good to one another. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.